This is the magic of compassion. I'm Little Wu, and today's topic or question is: It's a situation where you need help, and you feel really alone, and you don't know how to organize、uh, your friends or your community to actually provide some help to you. And so this is like a method that I've actually used, and I call it a helping village. And I've done it with quite a few people, and I know I've been the main liaison for some of these. But I want to really encourage the spirit of the helping village and spread the idea of it so that more people can remember that there's a way to ask for help. And this is like a bit basic step by step. I have another video that's about. The spiritual, you know, the spiritual practice of asking for help, the the healing of being able to ask and receive. So that's more like the philosophy behind asking and just being able to overcome your own resistance. But today's video is more of the step-by-step -step practical way to organize a group of people, and I've included、um, a bonus. A guide that outlines all the details, because I'm not going to go into every single detail, but I want you to be able to access this so that you can have your own way of generating your own helping village. But you'll have a bit of a template,、um, a, a method that has worked for other people. So what I've noticed from doing this project、uh, in you know these different individual circumstances is that it works best for short-term support from your peers for a period of maybe one to three months. So anything longer than that will require more resources and might need a slightly different format and might need more professional services. But if you're only needing some short-term support, this is a great way to do it with the help of some friends or peers. It doesn't even have to be people you know really well. It's just people who might、um, just be willing to help. That's in your community.、It、might be friends of friends. Okay, so there's all kinds of ways to do this, but this is just one way. It's not the only way. But I'm going to give you the step by step. First step is to find your liaison, and your liaison is your spokesperson, someone that you trust, and it may not even be a close friend. It might be something, someone that you admire, that you trust, that you feel、um, you could ask, and you know, and make sure that you don't take it personally if they can't help you in this particular time, because we always need to try to find someone who has. The space and energy at this time in their life to help, and we can never take it personally if they can't. And the liaison is someone that will be able to listen to you and hear you clearly, and you can communicate with them primarily. And they will act on your behalf in terms of communicating with your larger community. The second step is to then. Create a care plan with the help of your liaison, and the care plan is a list of your most urgent needs. And you might have a whole list. I'll go through all of them with them, and then pick maybe your top two most urgent things, and think what is the most helpful thing that could happen right now. And it might be around food, it might be around cleaning, it might be around some certain tasks. Um, it doesn't always have to be around an injury or illness. It could be just a time when you feel really overwhelmed by computer stuff, and maybe you need help with your computer. Right? It can be very specific.、Um, so, after you've gone through the urgent list, go through the top two, and then start to be really clear. Like, what does that look like? What kind of help is that? If it's food, you have to list the foods that you can eat, and in what way do you want to receive help? Do they, you want them to come to your house? And prepare food with you or for you, or do you want meal train delivery? So you've got to be really specific. So part of this is communicating really clearly with your your liaison, so that they can write all this down. So you're just using your energy to think of the ideas and share it with them, and they do all the writing, taking notes.、Um, so that's one of the skills they'll need to have. And then they're going to put it on a collaborative document. So this is part of step two: finding your figuring out your care plan with your liaison and a calendar, and putting it on some kind of collaborative. Platform, and there could be so many different tools that you can use. 
I have used mainly emails and Google Docs. So I create a document in Google Docs that everyone can look at in real time. So anytime I post changes, I don't have to send an email because that's a lot of emails that you save. And then you can just see, get your team to check the, the, the document, and then they'll see all the updates and what's needed. Um, the calendar also goes on this care document, and it's a calendar because most cases, if you need help for one to three months, you're gonna have to lay out a calendar to say like when you need help, which days. And you have to kind of outline that. Is it Monday, Wednesday, Fridays? Is it changing every week? Then you have to lay that all out on your calendar, exactly what time. And then they can choose which time they can come over. And then you can you know, use a calendar to confirm instead of a whole bunch of emails. So part of using collaborative documents is to save the whole team from getting tons of email updates and messages from each other back and forth, because that can wear someone down and make them not want to participate. Um, so we're trying to reduce the overload of information by having it all in a centralized place that's in real-time updates and that everyone can access easily. And the third step of your caregiving team organization is, of course, to build your team. And so with your liaison's help, you're going to sit down and think of who are all the people that you know, whether you know them well or not, that you could maybe approach. And a general net is often useful or a specific one. So I've done it both ways, where in one situation, the person um, sat down with me and we looked at all the people that they felt really safe to talk to, and some of them were friends and some of them were just acquaintances, and some of them were people from my network that were, you know, that they were familiar with. And, and we put together a list and we made the invitation and they could agree or disagree to take part, right? So this is your team, uh, ideal team list, and then you can put a general net instead where you maybe put a call out on Facebook and put, I need some help with meal prep for uh, the next few weeks, or it could be possibly for two months if I could get a big enough team, who would be interested and send me your email address, right? So you always ask for email address so you can send a one main invitation um, once you've collected interested people. So there's a few ways to build your team. Um, other ideas are to think of the teams, clubs, um, maybe sports or business groups you belong to, um, any other social networks like maybe your Twitter following is different, your Instagram following is different from your Facebook, um, of course Facebook groups and forums, those are all places where people might know you briefly even, or they might not know you but they feel that you're part of the group so they might be willing to help. You'd be really surprised at how generous people can be if they feel part of this community and they see a call for help. Um, now, the other groups are uh, more official government agencies, um, municipal, provincial, or federal agencies that might provide, provide help, um, social workers, advocates, uh, nonprofits, charities, media, and grassroots. Those are extra things uh, you can consider, but I'm looking more grassroots. So that's, I just want to mention those, but grassroots, so people in your network. And then, of course, with your liaisons to help, building your team also involves writing that invitation, like keeping it simple. And I have a template for that, so you can you can use my template and, and edit as you need. And basically, it's an invitation to say, this is what uh, I need, and would you be willing to donate some time? Um, and the time that I rec recommend would be one to three months commitment. Um, many more than that, a lot of people are, are a little bit, you know, um, sensitive about maybe offering commitments. So it's nice to start with one to three months. And then um, you can lay out how much time. And usually the best is one volunteer shift a month. 
maybe two if it's a it's a network that's very active or close to you but one to two maximum shifts a month is what I recommend because any more than that and it might be too overwhelming um, of course it's, it's this is different for every case but I'm just talking in generalities the step four of creating your caregiving team um, is to do a weekly update and that's with the help of your liaison again you're conserving your energy because obviously you need some support you don't want to do everything yourself and so you want maybe your liaison to put a weekly email uh, or if you use a different platform the platform might send out an email and that emails to your team the people who have agreed to be, take part and it will give them an update so anything that's changed maybe caregiving things that have changed um, any dates that have changed and needs that have changed so maybe your task changes slightly maybe your diet changes slightly or maybe something else needs to be added so these are things that you can do with one update a week if you do any more than that it would need to be something quite urgent because if you don't want, you don't want to overwhelm your team um, the other thing is um, in your weekly update it's really important to include a lot of appreciation because it, it's People are not doing this for a reward. They're not even doing it in order to get your help one day. But just to feel appreciated is a very, very helpful thing. So send your appreciation through your liaison. Make sure it's part of every weekly email. The fifth part of creating a team is to, when you wrap up the project, to make sure you send an update of how it was for you, like your experiences, your appreciation. If you can, list all your team members by name so that they feel acknowledged individually. Um, some other ways to offer thanks might be to mail a physical thank you card to each member because your team, um, I didn't mention the numbers, but your team could be from five to 20 people or more, but usually it's not gonna be more than 20 some people. Once you're well enough to, maybe do something like even an individual email to each person and say thank you so much for your help, I really appreciate it. Um, because that's this is where the personal touch really makes a difference. And maybe even send an update a year down the road just to, to send another round of thanks and maybe an update on your life because they're, they were intimately involved in your life in some way um, and it's nice to kind of share your journey as you continue forward. So those are the basic steps. You can go to my website and there's another video that's more about the, the kind of healing that comes from being able to ask and receive help and maybe what some blockages might be if you're having trouble asking for help. So that's more like the emotional side of this, how to access the guide to creating your own caregiving team, your own helping village. And also there's a template that's a Google Doc template that you can use. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're curious about my one-on-one -on -one sessions, workshops, or online classes, visit littlewood.org. Lots of love.